in the name of Jesus. This is yet another, and most specifically, Law and Gospel Sunday. In some ways, we've started with the Gospel first, in the midst of the procession of palms. We've started with children singing and and waving palm branches, people laying their cloaks there on the ground for the Messiah, the very Son of God, to enter Jerusalem. But the cries of joy of exaltation, that welcoming, sweet gospel of of Jesus coming to Jerusalem quickly changes now as we begin Holy Week. Holy Week, in some respects, all law. For the Lamb of God has come to do that which He was appointed to do, to take away the sin of the world. And so, if you pay attention to the readings for the week, you see things progress rather quickly Each day of this week now, the next seven days, is filled with Jesus doing something, doing something for you, fulfilling God's holy law for you. We're told in Zechariah, the Old Testament text, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. Righteous and having salvation is he humble and mounted on a donkey. Jesus fulfills this Old Testament prophecy by coming not as a king would come with tramp of soldiers marching feet, with with fife and drum and war horse and chariot. He comes humbly. He comes in a way that you might say people don't expect. So how do you expect him to come to you? these days. To be fair, before this whole pandemic took place, things were going pretty well. Economy was, as near as I've been told, better than it's ever been. People were employed. Toilet paper was plentiful. You didn't have to stay stuck in your homes. And then all of a sudden, a change, a law change, Orders from our government, which we should and must follow, and not just for the sake of obeying our government, but out of love and concern for our neighbor. It sure seems like our lives are a little bit of gospel and law and law and gospel. How quickly those exciting things or good things can turn to difficulty and sorrow. I remember as a young man, I was thinking of asking that beautiful gal, you can't see her at home, but I think you've all seen her. I was considering asking her to be my bride, till death do us part, to love, to hold, to cherish. And I hadn't done that just yet. We were dating. And if you remember back to that time that that you were dating, just the excitement of getting to know someone and, to be honest, the sheer joy of just being with them. Every minute of every, day, of every day, this children was way before cell phones came along. We actually picked up a phone and talked to people, or we saw them face to face. She had not had the opportunity to visit my grandparents in Minnesota. And so I said, hey, I'm going to take you up to Minnesota. I'm going to take you up to the family farm. I want you to spend some time with my grandparents. I, I want them to get to know you Of course, I didn't tell her that my reason for this was I fully expect that I would ask her to be my wife sometime in the future. 
And so we made that trip all the way up to Minnesota. And long story short, that trip, which was to be filled with, with, with joy and excitement of spending time with family, quickly turned. My grandfather sat down in his recliner, and that was the last he talked on this earth. He sat down there in his recliner as he did every day after lunch. He was resting his eyes as he always did. After that, they took him to the hospital. He died several days later. And I remember as we were gathered there in the hospital of of his pastor, their beloved pastor, coming and praying and singing hymns. You see, in the midst of of the suffering, in the midst of, of facing death itself, there was still gospel. There was beautiful, precious gospel even in the midst of that difficulty of of being there at the death of a loved one, there were yet hosannas on our lips because of what Christ has done for us. Paul writes to Philippians that this Jesus that we believe in was found in human form, our flesh. And so all that we suffer, all that we bear, all the highs and lows of this life, He took into himself. Paul continues, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Your Savior has done so much more for you than you often realize. And oh, how we need this this precious gospel in the midst of the effects of law on our lives. For he has come, this Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He has come in a humble way to Jerusalem. He did so this Palm Sunday to celebrate the Passover. That might seem like just a parting side note in your study Bibles to you, but this was the great feast of the Passover now that was celebrated in Jerusalem. Jerusalem there, that which had been a tabernacle where God would come and dwell with His people there in the tent of meeting, the tabernacle that God commanded to sacrifice animals, grain offerings, the place where God had promised to be with His people and thus remove their sin, all in anticipation of the Lamb of God who would come. That's where Jerusalem was built, there on the holy hill where Abraham was called to sacrifice his only son Isaac. But as we heard not too long ago in our readings appointed for the church year, Isaac was not taken as a sacrifice, was he? The Lord provided a scapegoat, a ram caught in the thickets, so that Isaac's life would be spared. But it was more than just the sparing of Isaac's life. It was a pointing forward to the Lamb of God who would come for us. Consider as we go through now this holy week of what happens with Barabbas. Barabbas, who is an insurrectionist and a murderer, there's no question of of his guilt. He has done dastardly things. He has disobeyed the government. He has broken God's commandments. He has hurt and harmed his neighbor. But yet Barabbas, he who truly deserves a punishment of crucifixion, of death, goes free completely scot-free. And Jesus, the innocent one, 
suffers all the wrath, all the punishment. You and I, in the same way, are Barabbas. You might say to yourself, oh, I've never murdered someone. I've never committed robbery. I haven't done anything like that that would make me stand before a judge that would lock me away in prison or the federal pen, or certainly that would deserve the electric chair or the needle, any form of capital punishment. But you bear in your body, simply being alive, simply being born, the DNA passed down from Adam and Eve, you bear in your body original sin. And not only with that, who among us truly keeps the Ten Commandments each and every day? We are just as guilty of Barabbas. And the wages of sin, we are told from Scripture, is death. And that way, to be fair, we deserve what comes our way. We deserve pandemics. We deserve to have have jobs and house and home taken away from us. Why? Because we're sinners. I'm not saying I want that for you. I'm simply saying that, that who we are as sinners in our world deserves all of those hellish things and even more, which is why Jesus comes, do you see? Why the spotless Lamb of God, a lamb at Passover, you might remember, was called for by God to be slaughtered for God's people when they were in Egypt, the tenth and final plague, to take a young ewe lamb, to slaughter it, to take its blood and put it on the doorpost of their homes. And then that night, they were told the angel of death would come through the land. Whatever home was marked by the blood of the lamb, the angel of death would pass over. And they were to be ready to go. They were to be ready to leave slavery behind. To be rescued from the the hands of the Egyptians. To trust God to provide for them. This was the festival that Jesus came to Jerusalem to celebrate and how wonderful it is that he is that lamb, that lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. How wonderful it is that that you in your faith and in your baptism, you and your household, your homes are marked with that same blood shed by Christ for you, covered in his righteousness and baptism, fed with his body and blood and simple bread and wine. And so we, Barabbases, yet have hope. We have pure and precious gospel in the midst of all times. Death will come, as it did for my grandfather and many other family members since, and even beloved friends. Death will come for each of us. But Christ is greater than all of this. He has conquered such things, opening up for you forgiveness of sins, life, and salvation, the very righteousness and presence of God. Thus, at Jesus' death, the curtain of the temple was torn in two. You have access to God the Father, though you remain sheltered in your homes, separated from family and friends, though you might have loved ones that are dying that you can't be with. The Lord is with you. And will rescue you speedily. One day our eyes will behold the same Lamb of God. Our own eyes. Our own flesh. What blessings we have been given in the midst of this gospel and law life. 
law and gospel life, gospel and law, ups and downs, but one thing remains certain, the love of your heavenly Father through you, through Jesus Christ, his Son, who has rescued you, who has taken your place and mine, enduring all the punishment, the sickness, the disease, and even death. And as we will celebrate next Sunday, triumphantly conquering all these things, there is yet victory. Be strong, dear brothers and sisters in Christ. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. In the name of Jesus.